0: Today is Easter now, praise the Lord. Yeah, and then happy Easter to all of you. And then all those people that watch us from different places, from Texas, from so many places people watch us. And then from Nigeria for sure, from East Africa, so many places. Happy Easter to all of you. We bring your love from this place. We love all of you. One of these days, if you're in America, we'll see you. Amen. Let us pray. Precious Father, we just want to thank you again for what we are celebrating. We are so grateful for the gift of your son and the resurrection morning. We pray, Lord, that we just don't dance, but that we walk in the revelation that gives us. So that the dying and the resurrection of Jesus will be seen in our lives. So this grace is just, just in vain. It has to manifest in our lives. In all its fullness, then then his death for us would have achieved the purpose of his dying. Thank you, merciful Father. In Jesus' name we pray. I want to start, uh, I told the story on Good Friday, and uh, I just want to read that story because it kind of starts us off to make sure that uh, we are really uh, doing what we're supposed to do and benefiting from all these teachings. And then the word of God that we read. This is a story, an encounter. It says, I just want to know what counts. Deep Irish broke. Dark, deep eyes. The statement was sincere. Don't talk to me about religion. I have been down that road. And please, stay off theology. I have a degree in that. Get to the heart of it. Okay? I want to know what counts. His name was Ian, he was a student at a Canadian university where I was visiting. Through a series of events, he found out I was a Christian and found out he wanted to be, but was disenchanted. I grew up in the church, he explained. I wanted even to go into ministry. I took all the courses. Look at the courses he took. The theology, the languages, the exegesis. But I quit. Something just didn't click. It is India somewhere. He spoke with earnestness. At least I think it is. I looked up from my coffee as he began to stir his. Then he summarized his frustration with one question. What really matters? What counts? Tell me. Skip the periphery. Go to the essence. Tell me the part that matters. I looked at Aaron for a long time. The question hung in the air. What would I have said? What could I have said? I could have told him about church. I couldn't have given him a doctrinal answer or read him something classic like the Psalm, The Lord is my shepherd. But that all seemed too small. Maybe some thoughts on sexuality or prayer or golden rule. No, Ian wanted the treasure. He wanted the meat. Stop and empathize for a second. Can you hear his question? Can you test his frustration? Don't give me religion, he was saying. Give me what matters. What would, I, what would, you, what would you have said to him? Would you have spoken on the, the evil of the world or maybe the eminence of heaven? What really matters? You probably restored with this question. Maybe you've gone through the acts of religion and faith and yet found yourself more often than not as a dry well. That's why a lot of people are, that's why I'm reading this. I said, dry well. Prayers seem empty. Goals seem unthinkable. A lot of prayed and prayed, I never seen God walk. Goals seem unthinkable. Christianity becomes a warped record full of highs and lows and off key notes. Is this all there is? Where is the heart of it? Then I start my coffee. Ian started his coffee. I had no answer. I least somebody who's been very prolific writer on Christianity. His books are selling in millions. He's going to speak on Christianity. doesn't know the key thing in Christianity. I have no answer. All my verses so obediently memorized seemed inappropriate. All my kind responses seemed timid. I have no answer. If you were to answer this man, what would you tell him? So some are in this unfortunate situation today. They are in routine Tradition, coming to church out of tradition, just coasting along. It's like they're living on neutral. Everything is just coasting. There's no lack of engagement, there's lack of engagement, total engagement. There's no engagement whatsoever. They're just barely hanging on there. They're late to this, late to that. They have no interest in Bible study, they have no interest in Bible, just coasting, just, just almost spiritually dead. Within, they're really, really dying. And if something doesn't happen, they will die spiritually. But like I said on Friday, the answer has been in the Bible all this while. This great writer of Christianity, they didn't know it. Colossians 3, 11. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric or civilized, slave or free. Christ is all that what matters as the meat of it. And he lives in all of us. This is all matters. Christ, Him crucified, and Christ in you. That's all that matters. But I'm telling you, any other ritual, you, you, you end up like this one. Christ is all that matters. Because from Him comes life, from Him comes heaven. First Corinthians 2 2. For I determine not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Paul said, I'm not interested in theologies. I'm not interested. He said, Jesus is how to preach. You go to Bible college, it teach you how to preach. I'm looking at, how do you know how to preach? You never know how to preach because you don't know what he wants to say. His ways are not our, you can't teach anybody how to preach. You can teach them how to judge that, but let the Holy Spirit say what he wants to say. Paul said, all that matters is Christ and him crucified. That's the myth of Christianity. And once you disengage from him, my brothers and sisters, I'm telling you the truth. Once you disengage from Christ, and the devil will have no greater pleasure than to disengage you from Christ. Because he knows that when you disengage from Christ, you're on the spiral path to death. Your, your engagement with God is waning. It's waning. Once you disengage from Him, you embrace emptiness. Spiritual death begins. And you start finding, looking for fulfillment in work. You can walk yourself to death. That's demonic. Satan begins to offer you things that, you know, money and the, the stains, empty stuff that has no life in them. Bible calls it dead works. The more you embrace them, the, 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 the more deadly, the more you are dying, the more you just die. And you find that everything around you begins to be affected. Your marriage, your relationship with your husband, your you begin to be cranky, begin to be, because you are distancing yourself from the life of God. Pretty soon, church becomes boring. Jesus becomes boring. <laughs> Next thing you find fault with everything because the devil will see to it. He will, show, he will talk to you. Spiritual malnutrition starts because Jesus is the manner, And what the devil is doing is setting you up to kill you, destroy you finally. When he has sufficiently distanced you from Christ, he hits you because his goal is to kill, destroy, steal. He's not there to play games. He knows what he wants to achieve. And once you stop pressing in to know Christ, And you go into religion and all these rituals and you won't sleep within 20 hours night video, 40 hours night video. And you go to work, you won't won't focus, you won't give people what they are paying you for. Ignorance increases and darkness, confusion, begins. Your value system turns around. Instead of the kingdom of God first, your kingdom comes first. And you have good excuses. Hey, you are dying. Period. You can leave the church. God will still bring people to. His church will never be you can go, you can keep your money. You can't stop Jesus from doing what he wants to do. He has all the resources, has all the ability. And there are children of wisdom looking for wisdom. He says, wisdom are known by his children. And the Spirit of God will direct them there. While you are gone, his place, let another take. Replacement is not, any, it's not too difficult for God. Nobody is too important. So the Bible teaches us that we need to focus on Christ and drink from him all the time. You know, my pastor, Kumui, when I was in the party, he said something. He said, he said I, don't, I can't understand people. He said, I come to church, I preach seven sermons, seven services. He said, I never get bored. I don't even know when that's over. He said, I don't understand people looking at their clock in one service when I haven't had enough. Hebrews 12 from verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin. That so easily trips us off. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. And how do we strip off these things? How do we strip off these things that distract us from focusing on Christ? How do we strip it off? The Bible tells us how. God will never tell you something without telling you how to do it. Never. So he tells us how. These things that strip off and make us, you know, all the glamorous things of this world. I just was thinking. Brethren, do you think about it? A lot of very rich people, they built companies, had money, and suddenly they died. And down the years, there's nobody to inherit those things. Many are like that. Emptiness, deceitfulness of this world. Nobody. I can tell you, very big companies today, no, no, no person from the line of those who started this alive to inherit it, no. it's gone into the hands of total strangers. Complete strangers. You ask me, why was that man spending all his life doing all of that when he was alive? I wish people can come back after 50 years of their day to come and see the emptiness they embraced and the fruitlessness of what they did. So the Bible tells us in verse 2 how to take off these distractions. We do this by keeping our eyes on who? I didn't hear you. On who? It's all that matters. It's all that matters. It's from him life comes it's from him, everything. He's the source of everything. The Bible says of his fullness, we, we take everything. He's the manna. He's everything. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates perfect our faith. He keeps building your faith as you know him, as you know him. The Spirit of God is transforming you into his image, transforming you into his faith, transforming into his authority, transforming you into the, into the things of the kingdom. And then you begin to know the things that matter. For the life of me, I don't understand why if you are sick, you shouldn't come to church. Where else would you go and be healed? I, I said it, I said the churches. Oh, our unbelief and doubt is this thick. Sometimes you sense it yourself. That's the first place you run to. Where God is, where Jesus is, where the power is, where the word is. I say, God, I'm right He had to be healed. And you heard today is my day. And God will do it. Praise the Lord. Somebody told me. Uh, she's there. Sister Alice. I said to her, I said, there was a time I had this challenge. You know, I, I couldn't walk. I mean, I could, I could I just go do if, if you see me walk, you wouldn't know. But once I enter church, it's gone. And I'm preaching. I'm preaching to you. You people, that's not, You wouldn't know what has happened. After that, I'm, And she said, Pastor, it happens to me. He said, I used to have something that I used to be, right? He said, you have to use something that you. He said, immediately I enter church, that thing stops. He said, when I leave, you comes. I said, that was my experience. I in, in the presence of heavy anointing, those things don't work. You know how many times I preach and dance here, and when I leave you, I'm barely able to make home. So we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion, who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him. He's the one that starts the joy and shows you the thing that matters. And you look at it, you see the glory, you can't see any other way to show you the joys of heaven. Hidden, totally hidden to those who don't care about it. We show you the glory. It has said we saw the more excellent glory. We show you and your joy and your expectation. Paul said, "Man, wow! Look at man. Who is this brother that they were stoning? They were stoning him, Stephen." And God said, "Let me show you this glory." He said, "Wow! I can see Jesus." What those people got mad. He was full of joy. And he said, Lord, have mercy on them. Don't put this in on them. They don't know what I know. What I'm seeing is amazing. In the midst of trials, it will show you your heart. I'm telling, it will show you your victory. I say, as a Christian, you should see things to come. But the Bible says the Holy Spirit is here to show you things to come. You shouldn't live like people who have no spirit of God. You have advantage because there's a spirit that is sent to reveal to you how things will end. That's why faith is solid." Because you know how this thing will end, show you the glory. But you take your eyes off the light of the world. Where is this light coming from? The builder of our faith, your faith will crumble. That's why you don't value Bible studies. That's why you think your job is more important. Because your value system is warped. Distraction has come. You allowed it. Luke ten forty one. The Lord answered Martha, said to her, Martha, my beloved Martha. Why are you upset and troubled, pulled away by all these many distractions? This is the Lord talking. Mary has discovered the one thing most important. Mary discovered the one thing most important. What matters? Ian, why are you lifeless? Why are you dead? Why don't you have excitement? You're doing theology. You're doing this. this, this, that, That is not Christ. Mary discovered something. Couldn't take Mary away from Bible studies. He knew where it, the source was coming from. He knew all my life I said, Christian, I don't care if you come to my house, if it's Bible studies. I said, either you go with me or I'll walk away from you. They're not stopping. Me, but the devil does all that kind of junk. Either you go with me, hey, I have a choice to make. Sir, we have Bible studies now. And I'm doing what? I made it there. Want to go with me? If you don't want to go with me, stay in the house. But I'm going. Never miss it. Don't even cross my mind. You're talking Bible, talking God, I'm talking something else. It doesn't cross, it doesn't even show up. Because that's my life. I don't have any other life. What else do I have in this world? That's the thing that matters. Mary found out the thing that what? Matters. and clung to it. This is what matters. He's here. He's the Lord. He's in my life. He's my strength. He's everything to me. He's here. I'm going nowhere. The Lord answered that, matter, my beloved mother, why are you upset, Trouble pulled away by all these many distractions? When you run around, you, know, you come back tired, you can't read the Bible, you can't pray, you start snoring. 42, Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. I'm the source of everything. Where else will you get it? I'm the source of it. He found out where it's coming from. Your job is not your source. The day you realize that you stop giving, placing your job above the kingdom of God. He so said, I'm the source. They found out everything is coming from him. <laughs> I'm sitting here. His word is life. Somebody else found out. He said, speak the word. Holy, your word. hears. your word is important. Why you're all over, the place, making dollar, dollar. This one said, no, it's the word I want. The word will give you everything you want in this life. She's, she's undistracted, and I won't take this privilege from her. I won't take this privilege from her. Give Steve cheer. Praise the Lord. Give him cheer right there. Can I can say, don't take this privilege from me. What privilege? She discovers something between Jesus and what else you are doing. Tell me, which one is more important? Yeah, you go to your job. You don't want to be fired. If they say come by seven, you wake up. You are there, snow or not. In fact, it's, it's corona that slows some people down. My daughter, say, my daughter came to me and said, said, Daddy, one thing I thank God for at least ah, so that you can get some rest. <laughs> because You were all over the place, visiting people in the hospital. We used to, me and my husband, we used to pray for you. He said, I said, Daddy, wow, at least with this corona, you're not going. I said, you don't have this story. I don't want to tell you everything. Because you can't stop this man from going. Sometimes I go, but sometimes I don't go. To some of you, it's corona that stopped you. Would have taken the fourth job. What does it profit a man to gain what? The world his soul. What can you give in exchange for your soul? Brethren, I want you to watch life. If you don't believe the Bible, watch life and see the Bible play out before your eyes. Watch all this rich money here, 10 houses, 20 houses. Watch how people die and pass it. And watch what happens to those houses after years. Some of them just start selling them. <laughs> start selling them. And selling them. And that's what the devil used to distract people. From the thing that matters, Christ and Him crucified. The Bible says, "Okay, Lord, do that." So we need to do a couple of things now. It becomes your responsibility to focus on Christ, to learn, to study. A fool doesn't. The Bible says, "A fool doesn't learn." A fool says, "I know it all." You say, "He who does not know and does not know that he does not know." he say, "What?" a "Fool." A fool doesn't learn. A wise man learns. So the Bible says, don't advise a fool. He won't take it. Because they don't learn. They think, I know everything. I know what I'm doing. I've had this sermon before. If is, actually, let me tell you. If God is bringing something over and over to you, it's because you, haven't, you don't do it. You haven't, you haven't learned it. And if you think, I've had it before, you're a fool. The reason God is bringing it to you, is don't know it. He's repeating, you are failing, you are great. He's bringing it over and over. The day you know it, you want to know more. That's one sign of knowledge. A wise man wants to know more. A wise man realizes, I need more. Feed me till I want what? Feed me. The food says, you know what I'm doing? Tell me that. I've had it before. So it's our job to know him. It's our job to do that. The Holy Spirit is here to teach us if we want to. That's why he came to reveal things to us. Those things that are freely given to us. That's why he's here. Now we're celebrating Easter. Let's talk of Easter. Praise the Lord. Now, we, you know, there's something we don't talk about. We talk about Christ as reason. Every Easter, every Easter, and every Easter, and that is true. But one thing we don't talk about that we too have risen. You don't hear it. And that's what he achieved for us. When he rose, you too what? And that day you celebrate your salvation. That you died with him. Can I hear amen? And when he rose, you what? He rose up in newness. You remind yourself this on Easter. I'm not who I used to be. Things have changed. My old life is dead. Sin is no more my master. That's part of celebrating Easter. When you celebrate it, the Lord is so excited because that's what he achieved for you. You died with him. You rose with him. All things have passed. Behold, what? We are celebrating our resurrection. Oh, somebody sent me this one. He said, Pastor, he was sent me. Say, said, Ah, praise the Lord. He said, We're going to rise with him. I said, No, I've already risen. Not going to. He said, One day. I said, No, 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 one day. Ah, something like one day. He said, What was celebrating? He, said, he rose, but I also what? rose. I'm not who I used to be. And not only am I celebrating that he rose, but he rose and took residence in me. Check me out somebody shout hallelujah hallelujah check me out I like what one brother said during one of our meetings. he said if you want to know Jesus come check my life out he said you see Christ at work who was that that said A young boy Obi. I love these students when I'm teaching they're catching this thing fast when I discuss with them I feel so excited they encourage me a lot because they always crowd around me and pastor that was yeah text and you know we discuss they catch this thing like fast it's not mean, just easy Romans 6.1. So what do we do then? Do we persist in sin so that God's kindness and grace will increase? No, not if you know what is that means now. Nah. You can't do that. What a terrible thought. We have died to sin once and for all as a dead man passes away from this life. So we could, So how could we live under sin's rule as a, mo- a moment longer? Astray? Or have you forgotten that all of us who were immersed into union with Christ, the anointed one, were immersed into union with his death. Sharing in his death by our baptism means that we were co-buried with him. If you were co-buried with him, shout hallelujah. Yeah, we were co-buried with him so that when the Father's glory raised Christ from the dead, we were also raised with him. Happy Easter, everybody. Yeah, all from the graveyard rose. What about you? You forget the key point of Easter. Very important message. Ian said, Tell me what matters. This is what matters. He rose and I saw, I arose with. Him. That's the meat of it all. If you, if you talk about he arose and you didn't mention yourself, you are missing a key point. You're missing a key reminder of what he achieved. He used to eat. Verse 4. Sharing his dead by our baptism means that we were co-buried with him. So when the Father's glory raised Christ from the dead, we were also raised with him. We have been co-resurrected with him so that we could be empowered to walk in the freshness of new life. That's what we're celebrating. If you used to gossip, gossip died when you came to Christ. The nature you have now is his nature. The reason you gossip is you don't know who you are. Jesus said, my people are destroyed for what? You know, when the Corinthians were committing adultery and things, Paul didn't go to them and say, you know, a Christian is not supposed to commit adultery. He didn't teach all that for them. He said, sit down, let me tell you, people, one thing. He said, do you know you are the temple of what? Holy Spirit. That you are no more. He started to teach them what Christ did for them. He said, I was called to teach the Gentiles what Christ achieved for them. Because it is that thing he did that changes your life. It's not your effort. It's not ten commandments. Ten commandments don't matter. Christ is what matters. So he started to point them to Christ. He said, he lives in you now. He bought you. Your body is no more yours. He said, when you go to the you are dragging Christ along. Because he joined to your spirit. When you understand these things, you are not going to drag Jesus to the hellot. You know, one, one brother was asking, he said, why did the Bible say I should not smoke? So his pastor gave him one wonderful advice. He said, the next time you want to smoke, lift it up and say, Lord, I want to smoke to your glory. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 so the brother said, okay, okay, okay. So he went. He brought the cigarette. He lifted it up. He said, I want. He said, no, it's not for his glory. So he dropped. He went back to the pastor. He said, Pastor, you know, I wasn't really smoking to his glory. I couldn't say that. And the pastor said, what happened? He said, I, I, I don't want any more because I couldn't say that. So it's like when you go to the you say to the Lord, Lord, I'm taking you for your glory. It's not possible. You know these things. It will repulse you. Paul started to teach them because it was ignorance was making them do that. It was ignorance. Ignorance. Praise the Lord. Ha, I said, praise the Lord. Amen. Ignorance. It's ignorance that will make you think that gossiping and fighting is more important than loving. When you see the glory of loving, you will never go to fight again. you never. Have you ever seen the ugliness of temper? Temper tantrum. It's so ugly, you don't want to associate it with it. There's nothing glorious in it. So beautiful when you are allowing the love of Christ to control. And then you give somebody a chance to say their mind. You respect them. Even if you don't agree, you respect them because they're human beings. And then you say your mind too. Even if you don't agree, but trust the Lord to make a way where there is what. And He works for you. That's why His order matters. So, number two thing I want us to know is that. But did you get what I'm saying? What did I say last? I say we are celebrating our own what? Resurrection. That when we know the new life we have, we'll start living it. We'll start living it. And when you live it, it's so beautiful. Oh, I used to. Look, I've walked through that one before. And now God is teaching me this new one. And I prefer this one. Because this new one, no stress, no adrenaline. No? <laughs> you go to bed and sleep. You just sleep. You know, my, one of my pastors, the wife used to be, hey, <laughs> the wife used to be something else. I mean, he abused this man before me, that I myself felt it. Then one day I met her, he said, he said, pastor, you know I've changed. I said, really? <coughs> I said, what happened? He said, is see that my husband? I said, yeah. He said, I'll abuse him, say all these things, and he'll be looking at me. And then <laughs> he will say, let us pray. <laughs> He said, the first prayer, he said, Father, I pray, I thank you for my wonderful word. He said, I pray that you bless my wife. He said, you'll be blessing me, and I'm sitting there wondering, am I hearing right? He said, after so long, I realized that each time I'm doing that, I'm a fool because he's not talking back. So I'm like a mad woman. So I stopped. I said, this is madness. The person I'm talking to is blessing me, and he's not talking back. So it's only mad people that talk, and nobody replies. So he said, Pastor, nobody told me. I just stopped. He said, I prefer his own. To my own. See what happened there. The man let her see Christ. And you can't see Christ and not embrace him. You can't see Jesus and not embrace him. The reason people don't come to Christ is that we don't present him. Nobody meets, meets love, real love and doesn't melt. Nobody. So the next point I want to make is that Jesus Christ is our new intercessor. <clears throat> He's our new intercessor, our new great high priest, our new mediator, our new great high priest. Hebrews 5, from verse 1. Every high priest is a, is a man chosen to represent other people in their dealings with God. He presents their gifts to God and offers sacrifices for their sins. So Jesus was chosen to, as our great high priest, uh, the, uh, the, the work of the high priest is to, is to intercede, intercede between God and people. So he goes with sacrifice. When he offers that sacrifice, God, there is peace between God and people. So the high priest is really a mediator, and the priesthood is about mediation. So in the system of the Old Testament, the, the God said to Israel, the only way I can relate with you is mediation of priests that I put and the high priest which I put for you. So they bring that sacrifice I prescribe, and once they sacrifice it, I can relate for the time period that I, I, I prescribe. So high priests are really intercessors. You know. My son was asking me, he said that they were, what is the difference between intercession and, uh, and um, supplication? I said, you can't intercede for a Christian. He start he's peace with God. You can pray prayer of uh, supplication for a Christian. That's only one intercessor between God and man. That's Christ Jesus. You can intercede for a hidden, because we are priests of God. You can't go to God and say, I'm, I'm interceding for my brother. He has peace with God through Christ. You can intercede between two people who are having issues, but not between two people who are not having issues. Say said, because we don't understand it, we use intercession anyhow. That's not what it is. So the high priests and the priests were intercessors for Israel. Look at Levit- Leviticus 1.1. <clears throat> the Lord called to Moses from the tabernacle and said to him, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. When you present an animal as an offering to the Lord, you may take it from your herd of cattle or your flock of sheep and goats, if the animal you present is a burnt offering, as a, 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 a burnt offering is from the heart, it must be a male with no defect. Bring it to the entrance of the tabernacle so you may be accepted by the Lord so that the high priest will offer it. And there's an intercessory role between me and you so it will be accepted by me. Lay your hands on the animal's head and the Lord will accept his death in, place of, in your place to purify you making you right with him. Then slaughter the young bulls in the Lord's presence, in the Lord's presence, and Aaron's sons, the priests, will present the animal's blood by splattering it against all sides of the altar that stands at the entrance to the tabernacle. Then skin the animal and cut it into pieces. God said, and this they do every morning, every evening. This is what the priests do. This is not, this is the priesthood. So if it's that time, every morning, before you go to work, and when you come back, I'll be here collecting all your animals, slaughtering them everywhere, blood. Twice a day. Then the high priest will come and do once a year on the day of atonement for the nation of Israel. This one's for individuals. This is for the nation of Israel. On the day of atonement, the high priest will come. Let's look at what the high priest does. In Leviticus 16. The Lord spoke to Moses after the death of Aaron's two sons. You know, Aaron's two sons went and didn't do it right. They died. They died right there. I will tell you what Jesus saved us from. So the Lord spoke to Moses after the death of Aaron's two sons who died after they entered the Lord's presence and burned the wrong kind of the fire before him. Verse 2. The Lord said to Moses, when your brother Aaron, warned your brother Aaron not to enter the most holy place behind the inner curtain whenever he chooses. You don't come before the presence of God. They tried it and died. But now we go. If I were invited to come. So, he said in verse 2, so the Lord said to Moses, warn your brother Aaron not to enter the most holy place behind the inner curtain whenever he chooses. If he does, he will die for the earth's cover. The place of atonement is there and I myself am present in the cloud above that atonement cover. My presence is there. Don't come. You die. There has to be intercession between you and me before you come. Leviticus 16 verse 5. Aaron must take now, see, God is telling him how he must come. Aaron must take from the community of Israel two male goats from the community. Two male goats for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering, verse 6. Aaron will present his own bull. He brings his own, brings from the community. Present his own bull as a sin offering to purify himself and his family making them right with the Lord. What preface is that sacrifice? Verse 7, then he must take the two male goods and present them to the Lord at the entrance of the tabernacle. He is to cast sacred lots to determine which goat will be reserved as an offering to the Lord and, will, and which will carry the sins of the people to the wilderness of Azaleh. Verse 9, Aaron will then present as a sin offering the goat chosen by Lord for the Lord. The other goat, the goat, chosen by Lord to be sent away, will be kept alive standing before the Lord. When it is sent away to Azazel in the wilderness, the people will be purified and made right with the Lord. They are made right with the Lord. When this animal is sent away and the sacrifice is made, that's the ancestral role of the high priest. Leviticus 16 11. Aaron will present his own bull as a sin offering to purify himself and his family, making them right with the Lord after he has slaughtered the bull as a sin offering. So Aaron slaughters for himself and then slaughters for the people. Verse 15. Then Aaron must slaughter the first goat as a sin offering for the people and carry its blood behind the inner curtain. Now he can now enter with that blood. You remember the Bible said that Jesus entered behind the curtain. Too. Everything you see here was exactly what Jesus did. He entered behind the curtain. Too. Okay? So um, what verse 16, 15. Okay, then Aaron must slaughter the first goat as a sin offering for the people and carry its blood behind the inner curtain. There he will sprinkle the goat's blood over the atonement cover. He will bring it into the, to the altar where the presence of God is, you will see that Jesus did exactly the same thing. Exactly. verse 16. Through this process, he will provide the most holy place, and he will do the same for the entire tabernacle because of the defiling sin and rebellion of the Israelites. 17, no one else is allowed inside the temple when Aaron enters it for the purification ceremony in the most holy place. No one may enter until he comes out. After I comes out again after purifying himself, his family, and all the congregation of Israel, making them right with the Lord. Can we go to Hebrew 9, 12? Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered where did he enter? In once. Into what? The holy Blood. Jesus did exactly what Aaron did. He took his blood into the, the presence of God. But this time, not this author made by me, he went into the presence of behind the, as the Bible described that behind the veil, exactly the language they use here. Having obtained redemption for us, Hebrews nine twenty four, for Christ did not enter into a holy place made with human hands, which was only a copy of the true one in heaven. He entered into heaven, what? Itself, appear now before God as our great high priest with his blood. Somebody shout Hallelujah! Did it? Leviticus sixteen twenty. When Aaron was finished purifying the most holy place and the tabernacle and the altar, he must present the live goat. Must present the live goat. Verse twenty-one. He will lay both of his hands on the goat's head and confess over it all the wickedness, rebellion, and sins of the people of Israel. In this way, he will transfer. In this way, he will what? transfer the people's sins to the head of the goat. When it is transferred, the people don't have it again. To the head of the goat, then a man specially chosen for the task will drive the goat into the wilderness. As the goat goes into the wilderness, it will carry all the people's sins upon itself into a desolate land. Isaiah 53, 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. The Lord has what? Laid on him what? All our iniquities. Everything Aaron did, Jesus did. The Lord laid on him. He said, you are going to lay your hand upon this animal. All the sins of Israel confess it and send it to desolation. God took our iniquities and laid it on Christ. Crucified him, sent him to death. That's why God said, "Your sins and iniquities I will remember them." What? No, they have gone into desolation. Do you believe this? Romans four, five. But no one earns God's righteousness anymore. It can only be transferred when we no longer rely on our own works, but believe in the One who powerfully declares the ungodly to be righteous in His eyes. It is faith that transfers God's righteousness into our account, and we believe that our sins have been transferred to Christ then Christ's righteousness becomes our own. Hebrew ten eleven. Under the old covenant, the priest stands ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifice again and again, which can never take away sins. But our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all times. Good for what? You're not saying anything. Good for what? All times. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. There he waits until his enemies are humbled and made a food under his feet. For by one offering, he forever, oh, he forever, church, made perfect those who are being made holy. By that one singular offering, he took away all our sins forever. Get used to it. This is the truth. When, when when the high priest did that in Israel, Israel will reconcile to God. They will enjoy the blessings of God for one year. But this one says you enjoy it forever. This one offering. Am I communicating? Verse eighteen, the same Hebrew ten eighteen. And when sins have been forgiven, there is no need to offer what. I'm not hearing. You. There is no need to offer what. Tell me the sacrifices we offer for sin. And I would cry. One sister made me say, Pastor, oh, Pastor. I say, what is this? He said, oh, pastor, what I did 12 years ago? I said, my friend, get up. What you did 12 years ago? The know, people went to see a pastor. They tried to show this holiness. I'm used to that. I want to start acting on that holiness. You just know they haven't grown. You love them. Just don't worry about it. They tell you stories that make you look sanctified. <laughs> san, san, san. <laughs> 12 years ago, and he'll come and sing, there is power, there is power, there is power in that blood. And God is looking at her. <laughs> say, 12 years ago, this power, they didn't take it. Up. There are some of you here, what you did 10 years ago, you are still begging God to forgive. The devil will come and tell you, you say, yeah, that's true. Lord, have mercy upon me. That's the greatest repudiation of the cross I've ever had. One singular sacrifice. Okay, what I was saying. Can I hear amen? And so, Matthew 27:50. Jesus passionately cried out, took his last breath, and gave up his spirit. At that moment, the veil in the Holy of Holies was torn in from from top to bottom. What happened? The ministry of the high priest became worthless. No more. Don't need that veil no more. That inner, anybody can go. From everything. Tore it and said They didn't know they lost their job. But Jesus ended their job. After he died, he ended their job because this sacrifice, a new sacrifice had been made, a better sacrifice had been made to take away the sins of the whole world. God didn't need that one no more. And after that sacrifice, that's when God came back to raise him from the dead. Remember, God left him. And God came back and raised him and said to him, My beloved son, this day have I begotten thee again. We are back together. And anybody that believes in him by that statement is also begotten of the Father or raised him. Hebrews 7 18. Yes, the old requirement about the priesthood was set aside because it was weak and useless. For the law never made anything perfect. But now we have confidence in a better hope through which we draw near to God. This new system was established with a solemn oath. Aaron's descendants became priests without such oath. But there was, there was an oath regarding Jesus. For God has said to him, the Lord has taken an oath and will not break his vow. You are a priest forever. Can somebody shout hallelujah? hallelujah? So that new priesthood replaces everything. What does he give us? gave us boldness. We have boldness to assess every blessing of God because of that sacrifice. Hebrews chapter 4:14. Are you with me? Hebrews 4:14. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe, firmly to this faith. Believe it, the devil will try to wrestle really it from you, fight him off, start, take your ground, and say, That sacrifice was made for me. God laid on him, my iniquities, don't bring it back. Satan is no more. He has gone into oblivion. Hold firm to that. We have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold firmly to what we believe. Continue this high priest of ours understand our weaknesses for he faced all of our. the same things we do yet he did not sin so let us come how oh I want to hear you let us come how oh I want to hear you let us come how wake up let us come how shout it come on let's come how I want to hear you shout it let heaven hear let us come how boldly to so where? To the throne of our gracious God. You can come boldly on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday. You can come boldly anytime. I can come boldly there. What am I going there to do? There we, there we will receive His mercy. And it is of the Lord's mercy we are not consumed. What else are we receiving? I will find grace. He said, My grace is sufficient for you. Find grace to help us when we need it. We need it most when we fail. You find greatest love when you fail. That's when God Jesus comes to put his hand around you. And said, I'll never leave you. I died for you. I took it for you. You mean a lot to me. The joy that was set before him is to see you forgiven. Ah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have boldness. Page John 2. My little children, these things write unto you that you sin not. Don't sin, but if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, the righteous, he is the propitiation for our sins, not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. I want to pray a prayer with you. Is that okay? I want to pray a prayer of agreement with each of you, and it's going to work. Can I hear amen? I said to the Lord, I said, see, I've been preaching Thursday about healing. <laughs> I said, Lord, I, I don't know if they get what I'm talking or not. And the Lord said, okay. Pray pray for agreement with them. They will walk. Can I hear amen? amen? The Bible says, if two of you shall agree as, as regarding anything which they shall what? Ask to agree. He said it shall be done of our father. So I'm going to pray and I want you to listen. And if you believe, if you agree with me, you, you say amen we will conclude it. That's how we we'll conclude this Easter. And we we'll rise. Praise the Lord. Do you believe in that sacrifice? Yes. What are your sins laid on Christ? Do you have boldness? Yes. Sure. We go here, us. Sure. So we're going to go how boldly. So I want you to listen to this prayer. As the Lord leads me, I'm going to pray a couple of them, whichever affects you. Don't say anything until I'm finished. Please follow this instruction. Don't say anything until I'm done. When I'm done. In Jesus' name. Amen. Precious Father, we come boldly in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Trusting in the blood. You laid all our iniquities on him. That once sacrifice forever perfected us. And gives us, gives us boldness to come before your throne. Throne of grace. Where mercy flows, guaranteed by our High Priest, our Advocate, our Intercessor, the Lord Jesus. Father, we come boldly to make our requests unto you. I'm praying with my brethren who are hearing me right now; those who are in online and those right here. The Father, that you send your healing power upon them, every area of their body that they are sick, every area of their body that they are sick every malfunction in their body. Those who don't need healing but they need a miracle because your miraculous power is a power of recreation. When you create something that hasn't been there, Lord, those who need miraculous intervention of creation, recreating things, changing things in their brain, in their body, and those who need healing, where you restore the function that was well, but be- become malfunctioning. I pray that you forth your hand of mercy. You promised us at your truth. To do that for each one of them. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, those of them who need a baby. Married, they're listening to me. They need a baby. Father, whatever baby they mention to you now. Because they have to make the choice. Because you promised us mercy at that truth. You promised us grace at that truth. And we're that truth right now. I ask, Lord, that you give them their babies. Amen. And give them power to carry to time and to deliver normally. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Precious Father, I lift up your children before you. Many of them are struggling in their lives. They're not making headway. It's like, there's no way. They can't make it. They are struggling with it. They can't move forward. They don't even know what next to do. Father, you promised us grace and mercy before your truth. You are, you are, the Bible said you are, you, delight, you are delighted at the prosperity of the righteous. Even at this hour, Father God of mercy, I pray that every obstacle in their life be destroyed in the name of Jesus. Amen. And that you reveal to them what next to do. Move them forward, move them forward, and give them a restoration of everything they lost so that, Lord, their joy will be full in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Even those who have people at home that are sick to, Lord, I pray that the same touch will be granted to their loved ones. Whatever they are, on the bed, in hospitals, whatever they are, that you stretch forth your hand to touch them too in the name of Jesus you say there shall be good news in the house of the righteous let there be good news all over this place let there be good news all over this place and whatever else that your people desire that is your will for them they have issues with their children problem with their husbands and wife Lord as they begin to tell you about them tell God exactly what else that I need to pray for Lord, as they mention those things now, I pray that you intervene for them. Give them revelation they need to have to be able to resolve those issues and intervene for them. Bring their children back to them. Let their children return to their borders. Let those children come back to their senses. Let them come back to their God. Let them come back to their families in the name of Jesus. Let there be peace in those marriages Where there is two more, we pronounce peace, we pronounce peace, we pronounce peace, we pronounce peace in the name of Jesus. Thank you, merciful Father. In Jesus' name we pray. If you agree with me concerning your own, say amen. Amen. Say, "Pastor, Pastor, I agree with you. Father, we want to thank you. Scripture is fulfilled. You said if two of you shall agree. They have agreed with me individually. Individually. So for each case, what two. For each case, what two. You say, if two of you shall agree as concerning anything, they shall ask, they have agreed that the answer has come. You agree the answer has come? Yes. Father, the scripture is fulfilled. I call heaven to witness that the word is fulfilled. Your name will be glorified. Because there shall be a performance of all these things. In Jesus' mighty name we pray.